Okay, so are there advantages to direct democratic methods of organizing? I think there could be. I would argue that in a functional anarcho-communist society, individuals and voluntary associations will not be constituted as organizations that represent a small number of people. Rather, they will be culturally constituted as often loose-fitting systems of organization with a democratic structure. So I know that that might even sound like a bit of a word salad, like I'm just throwing around terms here and there, but there's actually some meaning to it, and let me get to that. Only when that cultural understanding and expectation is strong can such a society truly take shape and especially last. If they aim to be taken seriously at all, organizations that operate on an anarcho-communist basis are not and cannot be concerned only with the demands of a small group, but with the entire group of workers or groups of individuals who share their concerns. Anarchists will not simply argue for the establishment of a group to take control over labor, but they will argue that workers, human beings, collectively should participate in the process. To achieve a balance between collective interests and those of the individual, while refusing to create some ruling class that disproportionately and otherwise unjustly benefits from both. Oddly enough, this would be a situation that in some ways would resemble elements we already see in representative government in the Western world. Most governments at least pay lip service to serving the people. However, in a more anarchic organization, any representative would function solely as an instantly recallable delegate, with few, if any, special powers, privileges, or rights not enjoyed by other members of the group. In other words, if it is an anarchic organization, all dictator-like powers would be stripped away, thus avoiding the emergence of any power-mad bloodthirsty authoritarian leader, and if such a person would pop up, well, then it would stop being, you know, an anarchic type of organization, obviously. You would really just have to start over, I guess. <laughs> Maybe play whack-a-mole with the authoritarian leaders. So it is not any boss that is being served in such a setup, and we're not organized for the sake of maintaining a hierarchical structure of inflexible, permanent authority. Rather, the group exists to serve whatever purpose is deemed necessary and desirable, and if interest in its aims and efforts naturally wanes, then the organization will dissipate as well, what might be called voting with one's feet. This isn't to say it's an ideal scenario and that no problems would exist in such a framework, However, it's also obvious that occasional failure slash lack of interest already happens in present-day society. A key difference would be an interest in substantially limiting power, and I would hope rejecting the idea of imposing individual or cultural superiority through violence. Of course, it must be said that regardless of the system employed or stated aims, people can and will make good ideas, and they will take good ideas and make them look like the worst ones ever devised. 
Still, even when pressed to conform to the present-day status quo values, and even when I sheepishly acquiesce, my mind, and I suppose my soul or my essence, always comes back to these basic precepts, and not just out of some quest for ideals and utopia, nor is it because I zealously and steadfastly cling to some sort of anarchic dogma. No, my reason is far milder. There is simply a strong element of common sense to it. When push comes to shove, I naturally reject the ways in which abstract entities, that is, governments, corporations, superstitious churches, irrational symbols like flags, etc., have people inverting reality to render humans and their communities into mere abstractions. It is as if the real becomes fake or abstract in order to make the fake appear real. People become ideas, and ideas become the paramount reality, no matter how many are sacrificed in the process. On that note, I would add that any organization with legitimacy and value, however slight, recognizes the need to control its power. In fact, even most governments, which anarchists obviously criticize, have some system of checks and balances, which over time give them some degree of legitimacy. However, these checks are far more, are they're far from adequate and often enough are whittled away, sometimes to the point where the system barely resembles the values it claims to most cherish. So, for some recent examples, the Constitution-preaching Republican Party of Law and Order, attempting anti-constitutional coups to install Donald Trump in 2020. Well, that happened. And it, it got to the point where he was declaring that we should terminate parts of the U.S. Constitution that prevent him from being reinstated. So, yeah, we've got some pretty clear examples of uh, these supposed people who really love the Constitution being really at the forefront of wanting to tear it to absolute shreds. So in that regard, even when more legitimate non-hierarchical organizations comically fail or have lackluster results, it's no more cause of concern or, uh, I suppose, mockery than when authorities supposedly, you know, cling to these values, yet um, tear them to shreds at the same time. And it's no more a concern either than when authorities successfully implement policies that leave huge mounds of corpses and make humanity look like a pox upon itself. So um, those are some thoughts on what a, a sort of anarcho-communist society would look like and how you know, the ideas would be applied. And uh, I would be interested in knowing, you know, why you think I'm wrong. <laughs> so go ahead and tell me. Try to be intelligent about it. If you're going to track me down on social media, don't be a dumbass. Don't be a dick. Just give me some, you know, straightforward reasoning if possible. And maybe I'll even respond to you. So, all right. That's about all I have to say about that, and have a good day.